When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And right now, without further ado, here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hey, buddy. Hey, a uh, couple of people I want to thank. Uh, Jeff, who has been a long-time listener, and uh, Jeff, I appreciate your comments. And uh, Jeff and Scott both made comments about, last week we talked about Indian language. Oh, yeah. You know, the Navajo and the one thing or another. And uh, I appreciate their comments. And then Lawrence uh, in Canada gave me an idea. There's a Cree chief named Chief Poundmaker. And I have not heard of him, but I'm going to look him up. So, Chief, Chief Poundmaker Pound in Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah, He's alive today? I, no, I don't know. I haven't looked him up, but that could be. Well, a that's st- better than digging him up. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, I may dig him up okay. to do a story on him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Zeb, but last week I told you I already had a story for this week, and we're going to talk about Indian music. And I promised that I wouldn't sing because uh, we don't want to have a mass turning off of the radio. Yeah, I, the ratings are very important Th- to me. They are, yeah. yeah. So I promise I won't sing uh, or do anything of a musical nature other than talk. And let me ask you a question about the music seriously. Okay. Didn't the, I hate to keep saying this this way, but didn't the Indian music or the Native American music, wasn't it kind of on the same vein? Similar, and I, and as we go through here, I'll kind of point out some of the differences, but similarities too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you know, it was very important in the lives of the Native Americans, and it's used for uh, actually the oral transmission of their history and culture, uh, plus educational, medicinal, and celebrations. Uh, while Native American tribes all use the same main instruments. Drums, flutes, rattles, and whistles. The construction and sounds of their instruments can be different uh, depending on the purpose of the instrument. Is it safe to say that in the old days of the West they had their own karaoke? They did. (laughs) Well... Uh, maybe not. Okay. Anyway, singing is is popular in Native American cultures, and it's important to the storytelling purposes of a lot of the Native American song. It also helps preserve Native American languages. So a lot of the songs were actually passing down stories from generation to generation. So the verbiage in the songs... Remain fairly constant? Yeah, as it passed down from generation to generation. And that's kind of how they kept their history, if you want to say that. 
But drums are the oldest instrument on earth and one of the most important to the Native Americans. It's used in both sacred and secular music, and oral traditions refer to drum beats as the earth's heartbeat or the spirit of life. So the drum is kind of the, the mainstay of the, of the Indian music. How did they select the drummers? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you had to have somebody that had a little a musical little bit of talent. Rhythm, right. Yeah. But the drum beats drive all Native American music. So it's considered essential that everyone listening hears the drum sounds. And further, it's also critical that drums accompany the human voice. In fact, the two are so tightly linked in American Indian culture, those who play the drums aren't called drummers. They're called singers. The drummer is also called a singer. You're losing me. Well, let's keep going. I might lose you some more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, while the various American Indian tribes construct and use drums differently, most of them create them in a similar fashion. They would stretch, you know, buckskin or elk skin across a wooden frame or a hollow log. And this construction process combines animal and plant life plus air, water, and fire all of the Earth's elements resulting in an instrument that represents the circle of life. So the drum is is a not just a musical instrument. It represents the circle of life. Wow. And I'd never thought of that before. But the American Indian drums tend to be big, two or three feet wide, and they're normally played communally by groups of men standing in a circle. Now, smaller, single-sided drums were also used by the Native Americans uh, as are what they call water drums. Now, I'd never heard of this one before, but it's created by stretching a wet, tanned hide over a small wooden vessel or a gourd filled with water, and these smaller drums are sometimes called tom-toms by non-Native Americans. Did you ever stop to think as to who got the bright idea to make the first drum? Yeah. I mean, it had to be centuries. Centuries. Yeah. But uh, the the term tom-tom actually is an old British term for a child's toy drum. It's not an American, uh, a Native American term, tom-tom. Huh. I thought it was somebody with a speech impediment. uh, Nope, it's not. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about the other different things. Now, a flute. Okay, the Native American flute is considered one of the, one of the oldest musical instruments in the world, created after drums, rattles, and whistles, crafted from various materials like bone, bamboo, clay, plus different clay. Clay. They'd really? Actually, yeah, they would actually make a make a flute, and then I think they would uh, fire it in a, in the fire or you know in a kiln or some kind to to make it into like a ceramic uh, yeah. flute, yeah. But they also used hardwoods and softwoods. Uh, American Indians eventually selected cedar as their favorite flute-making material. A softwood cedar flute, they felt, uh, it gives a, a better tone. And uh, I guess after years of experimenting, that's what they found. But the Native American flute has two, only two chambers, which is unusual with the wall dividing the top and the bottom chambers. Their length and the number of holes varies depending on which tribe is creating them. So the different tribes Holy cow. had different, they had flutes, but they had, I guess, their own unique flute for that particular tribe. And all uh, modern Native American flutes, however, are so, are tuned to a specific minor key and only play notes in that key if you want to play in another key you have to get a different flute okay so if they didn't write anything down which you said one time on one program very little was ever written right how did they pass the music along 
I I think just from generation to generation, from the just by listening to I it. I think so. Just the the younger kids listening and and memorizing it, and then just passing it down. So that's the only thing I can think of. But uh, they use flutes for everything, uh, for entertainment. They used a flute for prayer, for healing, to courtship, and uh, which was probably its most popular. Courtship, really? Would you stand outside your wife's window, your future wife's window, and play a flute? If I did, I would still be single. I see. Now, in fact, many flutes are called love flutes or courting flutes, and American Indians have numerous sacred stories as to how the love flute came to be used in courting. Really? And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Next one, whistles and rasps. It's hard to say, isn't it? It was. I got that one out. But a whistle and a rasp, and I'll tell you what that is, they're included in Native American music. Whistles are usually made out of bone, and they've been around for thousands of years. Bone whistles discovered in northern Arizona came from around 300 B.C. to 380, so hundreds and hundreds of years. Now, the eagle bone whistle is the most common type of bone whistle, and other American Indian whistles were made from antlers, from wood, and from the bones of other animals. you got to sit back and wonder, though, where in the world was the first guy, and what was he doing when all of a sudden he says, oh, I think I'll invent a whistle? Right. He must, it must have been wintertime, and he had a lot of time. Bored. Yeah. Now, rasps, and I wasn't sure what that was, but it's a notched stick that makes a sound when you scrape another stick against its notches. So you can also place the rasp against the head of a drum to add a different tone. Now, the Utes called the instruments bear growlers because they used them to imitate the voice of the bear. Now, the Hopi use rasp for their what they call their turtle dance, and still other American Indians use it to imitate a frog croaking for rain. So that's really? a, that's a rasp, yeah. And I, I've seen those used, but uh, yeah. So you can see how they could sound like the voice of a bear, maybe or yeah. something. But now whistles and rasp uh, created interesting sound effects, and that's not their main purpose. Instead, their sounds are used to enhance a piece of symbolism, drawing on the materials from the whistle, whistle or the rasp, uh, plus the song's purpose. For example, an eagle bone whistle might be played during a tribe's sun dance uh, to invoke the strength of the bird. So whatever it was made out of was, was just significant. It wasn't just random. Did they get together like on Saturday nights with the tribe and have a hoedown or something? Or? Well, I wondered if they ever practiced. You well, know, that was my next question. I mean, did they have kind of like a Lawrence Welk band or something? Well, uh, you know, they must have had those that were pretty good and uh, maybe some that weren't and so good. And those that were asked to leave. Th- those were asked to, <laughs> you know, you just, you just lip sync. I know? see. <laughs> Don't sing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, so the next one we have is the shaman's drums and rattles. Now, a shaman, of course, is a person uh, that thought could cure physical and mental ailments in people using certain instruments and articles. And while many shamans are men, there were female shamans. I didn't know in, that. In some tribes, yeah. Really? Yep. 
And often a Native American shaman will begin his work by entering into a kind of a trance-like state, sometimes induced by drugs, to the rhythm of the shaman's drums and rattles. And in this state, the shaman is considered to meditate in between the natural and spiritual worlds to heal people and is sometimes to influence the weather or hunting or other activities, like if there was going to be a, uh, a war party heading out. The shaman would sing or, or uh, give direction. Maybe that's why they headed out. That's why they headed out. <laughs> now, the shaman drum, also called a spirit drum or a heart drum or a healing drum and a medicine drum, is generally just a one-sided instrument, uh, and the, the shaman could just play that drum in part of the ritual. So basically we've covered drums and flutes. And and rattles. And rattles. And uh, what was the other one? The, I'm uh, trying to remember. The... the uh, Rasp and the rasp and the rasp. Yeah, you've got a pretty good band there. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, now, um, a drumstick uh, can also be used with the shaman. Sometimes he strikes the drum from his underside while holding on to it. A shaman's rattle is often made from gourds uh, and has a hand-carved uh, ha- uh, handle on it. Now, although drums and rattles are the most popular instruments used by shamans, some tribal salmons used musical bows, rasps, which I mentioned, deer hoof rattles, and striking sticks in their work. Hmm. So a striking stick, I assume, is just hitting two sticks together. So I would imagine, but I'm so. just kind of curious, you know, here they're getting together over at uh, TP number 17 for a great big rally on Saturday night and, and doing all this music. Well, how do they, re- I'll go back to the question, how do they remember what they played and how they played it? Well, and how do you go to the next song? You know, to somebody, is there a director? Yeah. You know? Now, I've got a brother that's a band director and... Uh, he amazes me how he can direct the Magic Philharmonic and have everybody know when they're going to do, what they're going to do, and how. So, I don't know, Zeb. A lot of questions there. You so, point a, a bow and arrow at a guy and say, okay, rasp, and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're up. Holy cow. So, I'm going to talk about powwows. Okay. okay. Now, powwows are actually a relatively new ceremony among Native Americans, and it really wasn't here, here before Europeans came to North America. So this communal ritual sprang up around the mid-19th century when tribes were being relocated by the U.S. government and began interacting with one another and having cultural exchanges. So that's when the a powwow began. Now, while powwow, powwow meaning meeting? Get together, right. I see. Yeah. So while powwows differ among tribes, they, are all, they all typically begin with a grand entry of the color guard. Kind of like a rodeo. Yeah. It really is. They have a color guard and dancers. Then they have a welcome speech. After that, various dance performances are held, such as the men's and women's traditional dance. There's one called the grass dance, another one called the jingle dress dance. There's dance competitions, and they would actually uh, award prizes for the best dancers. Really? Kind of a Ted Mack amateur hour. Yeah, yeah. But the main instrument used at powwows is the drum. Uh, Powwow drums are typically large. They're Uh big. They're two-sided drums, and that allows several people uh, to play each drum uh, at the same time. And the songs tend to be kind of rhythmically complex with the singers using a little different tempo than the drum beat. So there was was a technique to this, Zeb. It wasn't just... 
You know, you just jump in. There was a technique to it. But the powwow drums are revered and are placed on a blanket or stand during the performance. They are then covered when not being used. Before a powwow, a smudge of tobacco is usually applied to the drums in a sunrise ceremony, and no one can use drugs or alcohol near them. Most powwows are open to the public, and you know it's a good way for us to, to experience uh, the culture of the Native Americans. Well, you said smudge of tobacco. Right. What do you mean by that? I, I assume just a little tobacco was on the drum? smeared onto a, maybe just a... A small part of the drum, and that was part of the ceremony. Part, and I don't know where that came from or why, wow. but that was part of it. Now, there's another one that I had not heard of. Uh, it's called a chordophone. Now, a chordophone is an instrument that has We've one or more. We've got cordless phones. This is not it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is not it. A chordophone is an instrument that has one or more strings stretched across a frame or a box. Oh. Now, you play the instrument by plucking, rubbing, bowing, or striking the strings. Uh, guitars, harps, and fiddles are actually chordophones. So a, a harp, a fiddle, a guitar, they're actually a They're chordophone. a derivative of... Uh, of the chordophone, yeah. So most of the chordophones used by Native Americans appeared after European settlers came with their instruments, and the Native Americans copied, and then they kind of tweaked it and came up with sounds that they liked. And over time, the Native Americans' chordophones became pretty much their thing. Uh, really? Indigenous, yeah. But... And now here, here's something you asked earlier. A chordophone developed and used uh, by varied by tribe, so it could be different. For example, the Apache and the Arctic Inuit especially fla- favored uh, a fiddle-type chordophone, while harps became common in Latin American. Uh, guitars were wi- widespread through the Americas. The uh, Apache created a one- or two-string chordophone from the hollow stock of the agave plant. And uh, which they dubbed violin in English. So there's all these mixtures of, kidding, of huh. stringed instruments that wow. uh, were developed. What did they use for strings? I don't know. Probably uh, the, the sinews or the... Yeah, uh, or horsehair, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure either, but I, I would think horsehair might be one of them. Maybe one of our listeners and let us know. But one chordophone truly indigenous to Native Americans is what they call the musical bow, which is a curved stick with a string stretched across the ends, just like a bow. You know, the player can strike, plug, or rub the string to make music. And interestingly, although the musical bow is indigenous, uh, contemporary Native American ma- uh, music rarely makes use of it. So it's it's something they had, but they didn't use it a lot. Did they, uh, I guess, modify or uh, did they or had they seen a guitar before they made these chordophones, do you think? That's a good question, and I don't know. I think they made their own, and then as they saw some of these things coming across from Europe, they may have uh, changed or added or I see. customized. But I see. Now, the next thing they used uh, was rattles, and it's a popular instrument used by Native Americans. The rattles are made different ways. One is to fill a dried gourd with pe- yeah. pebbles or seeds, and then you have a handle. Another involves sticking a wooden handle through a tortoise shell, and they put pebbles in it. The Plains Indians created rattles by using buffalo horns, uh, Sometimes they used rawhide that they would sew together. They'd let it dry and they'd put uh, pebbles in it. So, but the deer hoof 
or the deer toe rattles are crafted by stringing hooves on a piece of fiber, and you need about 24 to 32 hooves to make one of these rattles. And I still don't quite understand, but it says the hooves are first boiled, then removed of their cartilage and bone. After being shaped and dried, they are strung and attached with a stick. Deer hoof rattles make a distinct sound, and they're usually used just for funerals and wakes. Wow. You didn't know all this. No. I mean, uh, are you making allowance in your funeral preparation to have deer rattles? I want deer hoof rattles. Uh, Yes. And then we get into the sweat lodge, you know, uh, which was used to cleanse their body. Which are still used today. Yeah. And they they heated rocks. They brought in water. And songs are sung to the beat of the sweat lodge drum. And prayers are said. But the Native Americans had their own music and instruments long before Europeans came here. And yet, once they did, American Indians began adopting and incorporating these European instruments into their own. So they had their own, but they kind of adapted. So uh, I know we're about out of time. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this because I did not know that music was a big part of their culture. And they used a lot of singing, uh, lullabies, uh, songs to give people uh, uh, their guardian spirits, curing songs, ceremonial songs, uh, daily activities. Uh, and they had their various different vocal traditions, the different tribes. Uh, but uh, secular music is used in songs honoring a person's life. Sacred music is employed when dealing with things like the spirit life. Uh, since drums are primarily used by Native Americans, they're, they're used in both sacred and secular music. So it's quite... A complex. It's not just one person beating on a drum. Yeah, it's quite a and, complex. And they had their own version of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans' "Happy Trails." <laughs> they did. I wonder what that sounded. And we've like. got a quick call, and I've only got thirty seconds. Caller, real, real fast. Go. I only need ten seconds. I just want to find out how long Doctor History has been doing these broadcasts on the air. I have never heard that, so I'll listen off the air. Thank you. All right, go ahead, Doc. I've been doing those for about seven years. You can find about 400 stories if you go to dr-history.com or just Google Dr. History. And this year I'm actually up to about 280,000 downloads uh, on uh, my podcast. And last year I got up to 255. I was hoping for 300,000 this year, and... uh, but I probably won't quite make that. So you can uh, tune in to my podcast, and there's Zeb and I for the last seven years. We started Dr. History on this program, and it was the best thing we ever did. We actually started it about 14 or 15 years ago. It's a long time and ago. And then about seven yeah. years ago is when I started the Neither podcast. Neither one of us had gray hair then. And, uh, and we had more hair. <laughs> and I, I tell Zeb, I'm writing a book, folks, and I'm down to... Getting towards the end of getting this book written, it will be a historical fiction involving a lot of the stories from my podcast. We will really promote it on the air Thank when you. it's done. Thank Absolutely. You, Dr. History.